Good morning. This message has been churning with me for about three weeks. You know, last week, Pastor Allen talked about spiritual hunger, titled Those That Hunger. He was basically taking stock of his position of his heart towards God and encouraging us to do the same. I feel like, you know, when sometimes in rocks, you can see a vein of gold or silver. This is the same vein. It's just a different location in the rock, and that rock is Christ. He said it was, a, you know, kind of like a New Year's resolution for him and for the church. I really feel like we didn't talk about it, you know, what we're going to preach on. Pastor Allen's like, you know, I just listened to his message, and he'll hear mine today. And I believe God's speaking to us uh, to sit at the feet of Jesus and to hear him. We can learn from Jesus by what he said. And I've preached many sermons, and they said, Jesus said. We can, sometimes he would teach, sometimes he would talk, but we also can learn by what he did. Today, let's learn from what he did. We want to move in signs, wonders, miracles, powers, but do we want to withdraw ourselves like Jesus did to be with the Father? And I want to read the scriptures. It says, And it happened when he was in a certain city that, behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus, and he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then he put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing to be cleansed. Immediately the leprosy left him, and he charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest. Make a, you know, a cleansing as a testimony to them, just as Moses commanded. However, the report went around concerning him all the more, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. But the Bible says, so he himself withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Some versions say he slipped away. Notice, I want to look at when he did it. Jesus didn't do it when all the ministry was done. He didn't do it when it was convenient. You read in the scriptures where he woke up before the sun came up and he went to the desolate place and prayed, the wilderness to pray. Why is that? When there's no people, no other voices, no distractions. I'm, we're going to take stock, and before I do, I want this not to be a condemning message, but if you're convicted, that's something different. The church needs to know the difference between condemnation and conviction. Some people get convicted, and they say, you're condemning me. No, the Holy Spirit's convicting you. You need to know. One, we respond to. The other, we reject. So you need to know. You need to analyze your life. This is not about you comparing yourself to me uh, because we're going to look at some reasons, and one of them is busyness. And multitudes of people have never come to the cross because they've compared their lives to someone else. I'm better than. I'm cleaner than. I'm not a mass murderer. I'm not like my neighbor. I'm not like my dad. And they in eternity in hell because they compared themselves to someone else. But today we're going to compare ourselves to Jesus. We want to be like Jesus. Greater works we shall do. Uh, signs, wonders, miracles, the spirit of prophecy, all those things. But he withdrew himself to speak with the Father. When was the last time you withdrew to the desolate place where it was just you and him? I'm not asking you when was the last podcast you listened to, when was the last book, when was the last sermon, when was the last mission trip. I do all those things. They're all good. But the Bible says God walked with Adam in the cool of the day. Those are, not, those are supplements. They are not to take the place. You know, we preach the gospel. Jesus died for your sins. That is not the full gospel. That's not the end. It's, it's the means to the end. The end is so God can fellowship with you again. So He can. God had to separate himself from man and woman in the garden because he is holy. He, he didn't want to. He had to because he was holy. Holy Spirit. We forget that. We think it's the power spirit, the grace spirit. He's the Holy Spirit. And when you want to fellowship with him, you need to be holy. And you want to compare yourselves to me that's one thing but you compare yourselves to God without God there's not one that's clean but with God we're just like him and that is amazing to me so today we're going to learn by Jesus's what he did and he withdrew so I want to look at three obstacles to why we don't and it's busyness and then the second one is I can't hear God and the third one is I don't feel worthy or accepted I feel ashamed dirty uh 
And the truth is you're not going to be around someone much if you don't feel accepted by them. But I'm only going to do one today, and that's busyness. The other two we'll do at another time. I wasn't planning to do two messages, but I believe God wants to do inner healing on the next message because a lot of people know their sins are forgiven. They just don't know their shame is gone. And so when they come to God, they hear voices that aren't from him. They hear condemnation. They hear God doesn't have a plan that you're not. And they just, I mean, I've been in many places in different parts of the world, and many people have religious backgrounds, and they all come up the same way to the altar, hands down, head down. Am I fully accepted? I was talking to a Muslim. Uh, I got to be in a coffee shop. I was going to this coffee shop, her and her husband. I got to be, you know, talk to them, brilliant people, professors. And she was saying, well, it's just like Christianity. And I said, well, no, it's not. And I explained why it's not. And then I said, and I have assurance. And she just looked at me. I have peace with God because I knew she didn't. Are you ever good enough? And so we're not going to get into that. Today I just want to talk about busyness. But, again, look at your life compared to Jesus. You're not busier than Jesus. He still withdrew from the moment he woke up till he was asleep. He would preach and people would interrupt him. He would be walking to minister and people would interrupt him. He would, Jesus, come here. Jesus, do that. You're not busier than Jesus. You may be busier than me, but you're not busier than Jesus. So, and when you look at the cross, what he did, what he died, and how they threw him, his back, and they whipped him, and they put a crown of thorns on his head, and they pierced his hands and feet, that's so you could meet with God and have access to him again. So picture the cross, and then your excuse, I'm too busy. Weigh that. Weigh that. I'm too busy. He paid the price so you can meet with them, so you can go to the desert place where there's no other voices. Not the podcast, not the mega church, not my voice, not the book, not the song. Him. Jesus met with the Father. He didn't do it just to be an example. He did that because he had the connection. See, he left heaven to come to earth, and he was always talking to the Father. And he said, Father, why have you forsaken me? He didn't say it when he went through the physical pain. He didn't say it when they put the crown of thorns. He didn't say it when he pierced. He said it when the Father had to turn from him on the cross because Jesus became as sin. That's when he said, why have you forsaken me? That's the fellowship Jesus knew. So when he paid the price and the veil was ripped, the Father can accept you. The Spirit was released, and then you can have the Son. You have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, not just one. So Jesus was talking to the Father. So don't get confused. Sometimes you'll be more aware of one or the other, but the veil has been ripped. So busyness, busyness. You're not busier than Jesus. You're not stronger than Jesus. You're not wiser than Jesus. You don't know more than Jesus. And he withdrew to get away. Now, he didn't withdrew when it was a convenient. There was many needs. Many people wanted to get healed, but he withdrew away. He did what the Father said. He spoke what the Father said. How could he do those things? Because he spent time with the Father. He prayed all night. He went to a mountain where there was no other voices but the Father's. And he prayed all night, and the next day he gathered all his disciples. Jesus had many disciples, not 12. He put, gathered all his disciples, and he picked 12 apostles after talking to the Father. So we need to get away to that desolate place, that wilderness. Now, I'm just going to tell you a bit about my journey, because I have a very active mind. You know, sometimes guys will say, I'm not thinking about nothing. Like some women, oh, my husband just sometimes he says something. I have never just thought about nothing. I always think about something. <laughs> I've, you know, I was like, husbands and wives will go to the movie. It's like, we're going to watch a movie. She's like, text the babysitter, do this. You know, her mind's like this. I have, so for me, I started just about four or five months ago, because sitting I call it my chair, my prayer chair, sitting in my chair, and I'm in a desolate place physically but not mentally. So this isn't just about your quiet time. This is about you listening. I almost don't want to use the word prayer because when I say prayer, people automatically think ask for stuff. But really it's about listen 
Listen, can, can, you know, you ever been around someone, they, they talk, 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 or they just call, oh, they always want me something. You're not so quick to respond. God has lots of children that just want something from him and talk to him when they just want something, but not many that just sit at his feet and want to be with him. Jesus didn't create the fall so there'd be ministry. There was no ministry before the fall. So when we get to heaven, we're not going to be ministering to one another. We're going to be with him. So today we're only dealing with one obstacle, busyness. And some of you go, like, that's good. We'll have one point. I wrote this down. It says, you will find time and make time, or you will find reasons and make excuses. You will find time and you will make time, or you will find reasons and make excuses. What do you mean find time and make time? You will find time. Make, you can make time during the day. And some of you are so busy, you don't have time during the day. But you can make time in the early morning or late at night. So when you do it, this isn't about you need to spend this much time. You need to have 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. So I started with 15, just about, I don't know, four or five months ago. And I went to 30. I had my timer. And it was very difficult at first. Now, if I can do it, you can do it. Now, anybody that knows me, like, you know, I go to Mexico. I just, you know, I'm just always doing something. My mind's active. I mean, even with Pastor Allen, we were roommates. Sometimes we'd be talking, and he'd look at me and go, where you at? Because I was physically there, but I was not mentally there. Even in groups, I remember we went out to eat a couple times, and I was like this, and he, he leaned over and goes, where you at? I'm on the moon. Because he knows my mind. So when I, when I came to God, at first there has to be a settling inside. Mary and Martha, we're going to look at that story, a very popular story, a well-known story where Martha and invited Jesus into her house, and then she began serving Jesus. But Mary sat at his feet, and the Bible says, and listened to his words. But who invited him in? Martha. Many people invite Jesus in their heart, and they get busy, and they start doing things for Jesus, and they don't spend time with Jesus. So Martha's the one who invited him in. Welcome Jesus in. At Salvation, we welcome Jesus in. And when you first meet someone, you get to know him, and you, you just know some things about him. But as time goes on and you get intimate with him, sitting at his feet, she listened to his words. She didn't just tell him her needs. I mean, her life wasn't perfect. You know, uh, in the hospital, they have, you know, the ICU. I went to go pray for some people at the ICU, and I asked the nurse, what those, you know, those numbers mean, and there's vital signs, you know, body temperature, heart rate, blood pressure, respiratory rate. So I started walking around the ICU, started reading everybody's things, started praying for them, you know. I know it was a total HIPAA violation, but it was so crowded. I started praying. I'm like, ooh, flatliner. <laughs> and some of us spiritually flatline. If you receive Christ, you're never spiritually dead, but you just get in maintenance mode. And you just have the same, go to church, I have these five podcasts, I have this type of teacher I listen to, I have this. But we need to be like Jesus. We want to move, do miracles like Jesus, we want to talk like Jesus, we want to walk like Jesus. Then we need to withdraw ourselves, slip away. Now that word withdraw is, you know, the, the English is so limited. When, when uh, Peter was with the Gentiles, the Jewish people would show up and the Bible says he withdrew. Because he would seen with the Gentiles. That word there would, means to shrink back. When it says with Jesus withdrew, it's a different word. It means to quietly retire. He didn't shrink back. He quietly retired. Like, and there was need. See, Jesus never lets people's needs and desires dictate his life. Don't go to the cross. If he listened to man, he never went to the cross. Don't go to the cross. Go here. Go here. Be known. Feed this. Heal this. All those needs. And if you're in ministry or you're in life, you can have many needs. But the greatest need is to be at his feet. 
And he told Mary, this one, when Martha says, make her serve, he says, no, 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 one thing is needed, and she has chosen the one thing. Jesus is the one thing, listening to his words. I believe in ministry. We went to the missions trip, and I preached in El Paso before we went to Juarez, and, you know, I preached, and I prophesied. I loved it. It's what's in me. It's what I'll always do. But that is not the main thing in my life. Jesus didn't save me to preach. He saved me to know him. So this message is not about you knowing stuff, who to marry, where to go, how much money to make. It's to know him know him. The Bible says we will know him as we are known. See, you do not fully know God. You think you do. There's more. There's more revelation to Jesus. John the apostle thought he knew Jesus. He was the closest one to Jesus. But in Revelation, the veil of humanity was gone, and John fell at his feet. He saw Jesus with no veil, and Mary was sitting at his feet listening to his words, and Jesus says this one thing is required, and this will not be taken away from her. But it was Martha who invited him in. And how much we invite Jesus in. Then we spend time with Jesus. Then we get at his feet. And then we begin serving Jesus or doing good things or just living life. There's vital signs. And some hospitals add another vital sign, pain. And we'll get to that next message. So when you look at the vital signs, it's vital that we sit at his feet and listen to his words. Are you guys still here? So I'm going to read the story. It says, Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. See, she didn't hear Martha's word, get up and serve. Because Martha asked her many times, so she told Jesus, Jesus, tell her. She heard his word. Whose words are you listening to? Are you listening to your words, the boss's words? These words are Jesus' words. In order for you to hear someone, Sometimes God yells, but sometimes he, see, we get used to things like God speaks to me this way and speaks to me this way, and he'll, I'll be driving here and I'll be driving here, but there's more intimacy he wants us to invite us into, and she was listening to his words, tuning out her sister. But the Bible says, but Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. People are always telling Jesus what to do. Your life will be a mess in the ministry or in life if you listen to other people, not him. Tell her to serve. Oh, you're right. That's not right. You're serving alone. Get up and go serve her. Yeah, you're right. I should go heal. Oh, you're right. I should counsel you on the phone for 18 hours. You're right. No. When you spend time with Jesus, yes to this, no to that, and you can do what he's called you to do. And when Because the voices will come and say, you're not doing good, friends. But when he says, well done, good and faithful servant, that's the only voice you need to hear. When I started praying, I started timing at 30 and then 45, and then I was at work desiring to spend time with him. Here's the truth. People say, be a Mary, not a Martha. I believe they're both in us. Your spirit is a Mary. When you got born again, your spirit is a Mary. So my spirit at work began to think about time when I be alone with God. That is incredible for me. If I can do it, you can do it. If I can sit there, put the time around, it's already an hour past thinking about him, you can do it. You don't have to hear, where are you at? I'm right here, Lord. Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. Needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. So when Mar Martha uh, got distracted, then she got worried. If you get distracted from Jesus, you will be worried. If you pull away from being with him and at his presence and that desire and 
So, you know, sometimes we've been a Christian for so long and we get in this life and we just get in a norm and we just start flatlining spiritually. We're alive, but it's, you know, boo, 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 you know, that was a good service. That was a good conference. That was this. But when we sit at his feet, then our sudden our heart rate goes up. Our passion for him increases. And one thing I noticed when I was spending time with Jesus, all of a sudden my needs started seeing less. I started praying for other people. Even when Jesus was going to die on the cross, he prayed for the disciples. And you, it's funny how you, when you start seeking the kingdom, all these other things, he says, I know you have need of them. But does, John, doesn't it say ask, seek, and knock? But it doesn't say ask for things. What if we asked to hear his voice more? What if we sought his presence more? What if we knocked on the heart of God and not just ask for a car, ask for a house, ask for those things? Yes, yeah, yes, that's the high priority. It's his presence. When we get to heaven, you won't be asking for those things because you'll have those things. But we can ask, God, I want to hear your voice more. I want to seek your presence. I want to know your voice. Jesus went into a desolate place. Why? Because there was no other voices to, to intervene. When was the last time you sat before Jesus? The Bible says David sat before the Lord. And just sit and listen. You can talk, and he knows your needs, and he knows, and you can share those things. But if that's all you do, friends, it's a one-way conversation. So I almost want to say communicating with God, not prayer, because when I say prayer, you think it's asking for stuff, and it's not asking for stuff. It's being with him. We've twisted prayer. Ask, ask, ask. Ask to know him. Seek his presence. Knock on the heart of his door, amen? It's about choice. So I think our spirit is a Mary, but our souls are Martha. And life is busy. And this text and that text and this website and this said this and this one said this and all these voices. Father, what are you saying? I'm saying this, John. I'm saying and there's an awakening coming. And for an awakening coming, that means you need to be woke up. For an awakening coming, that means you're asleep. And many across the world are asleep. But awakening coming to America, that's going to spread to every nation. It will be the final harvest, friends, because we look at this sign and that sign and this sign. Jesus said, no, this is the final sign. The gospel of this kingdom will be preached to every nation. There's still tribes that never heard his name. We need to go out. There's still people that don't know the name of Jesus. They've never heard Jesus. Is that the guy that's at the local store? No, no, no. They don't know. So this gospel will be An awakening is coming. An awakening, you need to be waking up. And many are like in a coma. See, sometimes we have a Martha mind, this thought and that thought. So we go to the place, the desolate place where there's no distractions, and he could talk to his father without people pulling on him. Go here, go here, heal this one, come here, do this. Even the people say, I want to follow you. He said, no, you go back. He just wasn't being mean. He was following the father. All those disciples, and he picked 12 apostles because he spoke to his father all night. And so the next day, and let me tell you something, when you spend time listening to him, all of a sudden, see, you never, we talk about, you know, give and it shall be given, and God's a debtor to no man. And every, the time you spend with him, he multiplies and redeems it back, and he gives you answers that you couldn't seek in moments of time. And he puts things on your heart, and he, you know, some, I don't know, probably like six, seven months ago, I just felt like to fast. And uh, I felt last, led to fast one day, and I, I don't know why, I just felt led to fast. And the next week I was sitting with someone, and they, they said, man, I feel like, there's a, you know, I just feel like, you know, I don't feel good. And I, and I started praying for him. I says, I break that cloud. And they go, that's what it was like. It was a cloud. And they go, it's instantly gone. And I knew it's because I fasted. God was preparing for me. Now, that's not the time to go and fast. They still would have had the cloud. So I was listening to my father's voice. Now, that doesn't happen all the time. I miss it many times. So this is not, oh, let's be like John. No, let's be like Jesus. He was busy, all the needs, but yet he withdrew himself, retired quietly to a desolate place, to the wilderness where there was no people to talk to his father. And he talked to his father all night, and then he chose the apostles like he was picking fruit. He was easy. 
So when you talk to him, I'm not saying life is easy. I'm saying your choices can be easy. You know what to do. You can have peace about things. It's like, I don't want to do this, and I don't want to go that way, but Jesus the cross. But for the joy set before him, what was the joy? You. You. It wasn't you doing ministry. It was you knowing him and him knowing you. It wasn't you preaching. It wasn't you prophesying. It wasn't words of knowledge. It was you. That's why we do ministry, so people can know him, not just power. Jesus died for your sins so that you can know him, so that you can be reconciled, so that he can walk with you like he did Adam in the cool of the day, so that you can sit before the Lord, so that you can know his voice, so that you can know your heavenly father. Because many people have rejected God, thinking they rejected God. Really, they rejected religion. They just don't know him. So it's our job to make him known. This is the true God. I don't want nothing to do with God. No, you rejected religion. You don't really know God because you're going by what your dad said and your mom said and what this church said and what that church says. But I believe if people really knew the price that Jesus paid and how much God loves them and how much he desires to be with them, we would run into his arms a whole lot more than we do. We would run into his arms. We wouldn't be sheepishly or be afraid because he wants to spend time with us, and he wants us to spend time with him. Amen? Not always pulling us or using circumstances or having needs. There's nothing wrong with praying for needs, friends, but when you spend time with him, all of a sudden, that doesn't become a priority. It's actually knowing him in other people's needs. Now, I've always prayed for people, and I would text and stuff, but now it's different. Now it's different. And here's the truth. When we look at Jesus, we want to go, oh, I want to be like Jesus. I want to do like Jesus. I want to do we, From what Jesus said this, and Jesus said that, and Jesus said, yeah, but Jesus also did. We can learn by observing his life. He withdrew to a desolate place to hear the Father. He did it in the early morning before the sun rose. He did it late at night. He did it during the day. It's not just about, it's he did it when he felt the need and necessary. It was a lifestyle to him. It was a habit. And he, the Bible says he slipped away. I like the word slip because it's almost like things are pressing on him. Like the crowd wants to kill Jesus. And the Bible says he slipped through the crowd. Life wants to press on you, but you can slip away to that desolate place. So Lord, I thank you no matter what comes, what virus, what news, we can slip away and sit at your feet, God. I thank you many things. Do this, do that that, do that. God, I thank you. We will hear your voice as a church. Our leadership, our pastors will hear your voice, God. This is the way walk in it. My sheep know my voice. They don't know Martha's voice. They know my voice. So, Lord, let us walk in your voice. Let us minister to the countries you call us to, the people you want us to go to. Give the money you want us to go to. Give. Lord, I thank you, Jesus. We will be like you, God. We want, oh, greater works, greater works, greater works. How about greater time with the Father? And Mary sat at the feet of Jesus and listened to his word. So, Lord, I thank you for bringing people to the place where we listen to your voice. We hear you like once again. Martha invited Jesus in their house and then she got busy. God, too many of us invite you in our lives and then we get busy doing things for you and we don't want to spend time with you. But Lord, I thank you that we will begin to sit at your feet. When life presses on, we will slip away. I'm not talking about ignoring your responsibilities, friends. I'm talking about facing one thing is needed to be with Jesus. One thing is needed to hear his voice. We have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and there'll be Times you're more aware of one than the other because Jesus was separated from the Father on earth. But he, when he died, the veil was ripped. The Spirit was released so we can know him. It's not doing stuff. It's so we can know him. It's his greatest desire to be known. That's why he created you. That's why you're not like the animals. It's so you can know him. Not just stuff to do, but know 
him. It's not just like a boss giving you a list of stuff to do. I will never leave you or forsake you. He goes with you. And when you go to that desolate place, he's still with you in the crowds. But it's different. It's not like you're leaving him. No, he's with you. But in that desolate place, we can hear his voice. And the desolate place where there's no other voices, no one preaching to you, no sermons. God, show me the revelation in your word directly. John the Revelator, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Oh, I know Jesus. No, no, no. There's another level. The veil of humanity is removed. And when that veil is removed, then you see Jesus for who he truly is. And he said he has eyes like fire. He couldn't even stand. The apostle that was closest to Jesus couldn't even stand when he saw the real Jesus. And he wrote the revelation of Jesus Christ. He's greater than the Antichrist, coronavirus. There's an awakening coming to America. God, and I thank you for those that sit at your feet will be used in the awakening. But even in great ministries, even in our orphanages, even in our churches, we will not forget the need to sit at your feet. Oh, look at this testimony. Look at this testimony. The greatest thing we can do is sit at your feet. Jesus said one thing is needed. One thing. He didn't say this is B. This is C. This is A. One thing is needed. And this one thing will not be taken from you. God's calling the intimates to get close to him, to hear his voice. Some things he shouts, but some things he whispers. And you will not hear what he whispers unless you're close to him. They said, John, who is it going to betray? John was sitting next to Jesus when they had the cup being passed. John, what did Jesus say? God doesn't want you to ask John or Moses or come down from the mountain. The veil was ripped so God can talk to you directly. Moses, what did God say? What did he tell us to do? The veil is ripped so we can sit at his feet and be Mary's. So Lord, I thank you for the word last week and the word this week. And it's not a coincidence. Are you hungry for him? And he's setting the epicenter. Yes, there's signs. Yes, there's wonders. Yes, there's miracles. Yes, we just took a trip, mission trip. We're going to take many more two weeks ago. You heard Phil beautifully talk about it. But have we invited him in the house and then got busy not spending time with him? Because let me tell you something, friends. Somebody will be at his feet. It was Martha's house. It wasn't Mary's house. But Mary said, the most important thing is to be with Jesus, not to do things for him. It's to sit at his feet and listen to his words. When was the last time you went to a place where there was no other voices and just sat and listened to him? I think many of us would be shocked by what he said. God, this, 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 I know what you need even before you ask. When Jesus was praying, he would say, Lord, I know you always hear me, but I say this out loud for their sake, not mine. Jesus was always in communion until he said, Father, why have you forsaken me? That communion was broken, and it was broken so you could have communion with him, so you could sit and listen to the Father, to the Son, to the Holy Spirit. So yes, an awakening. Yes, revival. Yes, signs and wonders and miracles. Jesus did all those things. And he, but he withdrew himself to the place where there was no other voices but his father's. And God, help us withdraw, slip away to hear your voice. In Jesus' name.